the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Um, the um, author of a great and important book came out just last year, The Plot to Change America, How Identity Politics is Div- Dividing the Land of the Free. It's all part of a piece of what I wanted to talk to him about today because um, Mike was also a member of the 1776 Commission that was disbanded by Joe Biden and whose report was also taken down on the first day of the Biden administration's president, uh, uh, on, on actually on inaugural day. Mike Gonzalez, welcome back to the Airwaves of Phoenix. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Seth, you, you're being very kind to me. Thanks a lot for having me on, and I want to say hello to all you listeners. Thanks. You betcha. No, I, the work you're doing is some of the, this is some of the most foundational, important work uh, you know, I, I'm happy to talk about and will and obviously do the energy policies, the tax, the, everything. Else. But I got to tell you, getting this one wrong, as the Biden administration seems to be, as the left seems to be, this this is the stuff that undoes a country, that unconstitutes and undoes a country. Um, tell us, first of all, I've spoken a lot about the 1776 commission. Tell us about your role. Just b- b- brief sketch what it was, what it published and then what happened a week ago? Sure, but first, because you, you mentioned the word how countries constituted. Yes. You know, it is my deep belief and the belief of many others that we're currently, the, the reason why we're so unstable is because we, we have regime politics. We actually have two constitutions that are rival constitutions. One is the Constitution of 76, oh, sorry, of, 80, of 87, which holds that, you know, people need to be given equal treatment. We, have, we haven't always lived up to that. But but you know we should we should strive to live up to it, and the other one is a constitution that that is the equity constitution. That this says, this no, is the old thesis. Government. This is the thesis of my old professor Charles Kessler, right? He speaks oh, a yeah. lot to this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, his book hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Maybe I, yeah. I read. I, I got a. I got the book before it came out. Okay, good, good. He's yeah. one of the people who believes that. Yeah. I agree with. Yeah, him. yeah. Uh, so so yeah. I mean, there, I, I Charles is with me on the commission. Charles is brilliant. Uh, and uh, what we did is we met. Uh, our, all our meetings were public. Uh, there were, you know, I think it was limited to 400 people who were able to get online or on the phone and listen to us. And uh, we, we we discussed what we wanted to do. Then we wrote and wrote and edited, and uh, and we produced a a a, a, uh, a report of which I'm very proud. Uh, you know, I've been on some commissions. Not all of them do a lot of work. This one did do a lot of work. Produced a report. I'm very proud of it. And we're we're adding to it. We're we're, we're in, improving on it. And, and you watch this page because more news is coming. Well, good. I had said I had tweeted it out originally with its White House link, saying, you know, it's no. It may. It, it, it would if it's an exaggeration. It's the smallest of exaggerations to say it may be the greatest government publication since 1787. It was a fabulous document. And then, of course, when the White House took it down, I had to post it through another a link of which uh, many, many exist. But I, I, I want every American to read this um, because, you know, it gets to kind of the thesis that you were just outlining, Mike, I think, 
uh, about how we are, through identity politics, unconstituting ourselves. I don't know if that's a phrase or not, unconstituting ourselves, but that's what we're doing by ignoring and trying to bury deep six memory hole things like studying our founding appropriately. And when you think about a president so committed to the word unity, could there be anything more unifying than a country's constitution? I mean, that's what a constitution means, right? Well, let's start with the fact that I've actually, for for your for, for my troubles, so you so your listeners don't have to. I have actually read the executive order. Actually, I'm kidding. I, I want your listeners to read the executive order that that disbanded my Good. commission. It did a bunch of bad stuff. Good. My my the revoking of my commission was one paragraph in a very long executive order. The executive order includes the word equity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 21 times. Mm-hmm. 21 times. Guess how many times the word equality is used. You, you can't use it in this White House anymore, as I understand it. It's like using the but word terrorism in the Obama White House. It's absolutely right. It's zero. Zero. The word inequality is used twice, but the word equality is not used at all mm-hmm. in that executive order. Equity, 21 times. What is the difference between the two? Well, sadly, equity has become the functional opposite of equality, because equality, which is the way, the way by the way, the word included in, in, uh, in our, our most important principle that holds all Americans together, all men are created equal, equality holds that government has the obligation to treat all citizens impartially, to apply the statutes and legislations that is passed by the, the, the Congress that has been elected and executed by the president. Uh, so, and, and that is the 87 Constitution. Equity is the opposite. Equity says that government must apply, apply, apply the laws unequally. Unequally, and hang on, wait for it, in order to obtain equal outcomes. Mm-hmm. So not only does it violate the old Constitution and, and violates the 14th Amendment uh, and, and, and the Equal Protection Act violates all our laws, it actually it does so in, a, in the pursuit of a Marxist uh, goal, equal outcomes. If this doesn't scare you and your listeners, I don't know what will. Well, it has to, and it must, because it's really the end of any – I mean, it's the end of any understanding of the principle that I would have hoped Joe Biden was serious about and clearly is increasingly unserious about, which is unity. Unity. You wrote another piece on this recently, and how, how about the divide in America, lack of trust with each other. It's getting dangerous, right? There were certain right. things that used to unite us. In fact, for years, our unofficial motto was about that itself, e pluribus unum, right? We can't study well, that. Well, that is, that is my title, actually, at Heritage. I happen to be D'Angelo's C. Arredondo Senior Fellow on E Pluribus There you go. Senior Fellow of, on E Pluribus Unum at the Heritage Foundation. It's an odd thing where in the name of unity, we can't talk about a word whose very meaning is from the Latin, unity, constitution, constitutio, right? What constitutes right. a people, right? Right, right, right. Look, look, I... I don't know what's happened to Joe Biden. Now, by the way, I should tell you, in my drawer here on my desk at home, I have the very first column, the first opinion column I ever published, Dallas Morning News, 1987. It's about Joe Biden. 
It's about Joe Biden. I've been writing about him for 35 years, almost. I I don't know who this new president is. I, I By the way, I, I hope he does well, because he's my president now, and Kamala Harris is my vice president. I have to hope they do well. So what I'm trying to do here uh, is, is try to, to, to warn the White House and, and expose what this equity business is so they will desist and walk away from it. But the, 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 the executive order that, that I, I talked to you about it has a definition of equity and is very tortured. And it, it really it doesn't get to what it really means, right? It says it, it's fair and just, and, and I guess it will be in the in the interpretation of fair and just application of the law, how, how, how administrators interpret that. Kamala Harris, our new vice president, does not bother with that. She's very open about the fact that equity means unequal treatment mm-hmm. to obtain equal outcomes. Mm-hmm. She says that. Very you bet. I've been fascinated by the work of, and I'm fascinated by it not because it's new and interesting, but because of its uh, the the attention, the amount of attention it's getting in so many high places. The work of of, of a of a of a professor at Boston University named Ibram Kendi. You may know that oh. name, and he writes very plainly what I think is the clearest definition of what we're talking about when he writes the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. That's what he writes. And that's what I think is the new ethic of the day when it comes to the 14th Amendment and civil rights in this country. I truly do. And, and, and uh, the owner of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, has given him $10 million, no strings attached. That's right. And Netflix, just yesterday, yep. announced Three projects with Ibram X. Kendi. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how dominant that view is and how well supported it is. Now, the Jack Dorsey donation, which I also noted, you and I are on such the same page here. It's 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 mind blowing in a sense. <laughs> but the, the, the most fascinating thing about that Jack Dorsey donation of 10 million dollars to Professor Kendi is that Professor Kendi also said you cannot be a capitalist and an anti-racist. So you have Jack Dorsey giving $10 million to a communist. Um, I have to take a quick break, Mike. Can we dive a little bit deeper into the meaning of 1776 when we come back? And I want to talk to you a little bit about your book, too, because I think the title, or at least the subtitle, is the heart of all this, How Identity Politics is Dividing the Land of the Free. We'll be right back with Mike Gonzalez from the Heritage Foundation. His book, The Plot to Change America, How Identity Politics is Dividing the Land of the Free. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted to have with us Mike Gonzalez. He's a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, the E Pluribus Unum fellow at the Heritage Foundation, uh, and the author of The Plot to Change America, How Identity Politics is Dividing the Land of the Free. On the break, Mike, before I get to your book, um, I was just um, alerted to more of what you were talking about in the previous segment, Ibram Kendi's um, Not Just Money from jack dorsey but that netflix series one part of the that series you know this i didn't one part of that series is um that three-part series is the adoption of his book for young people for like toddlers and kindergartners called anti-racist baby um so we we are starting these kids very very young 
with this stuff. Now toddlers, evidently. Netflix and Kendi are now marketing and teaching toddlers. Yeah, I know this is very uh, worrisome stuff, uh, as you know. I'm not telling you, telling you anything new. Uh, this is, uh, I'm very worried about the fact that our young children, well, first this began, as you know, with Howard Zinn, in 90, published in 1980, People's History of the United States, uh, which is taught, you know, widely, I could tell you, I have three children. Um, you know, if you go on Amazon and you Google in people's history of the United States, you see that it sells very well. My book is selling well because of the stuff that is happening. Uh, I'm afraid to say that Howard Zinn's book is selling even better than mine, uh, and that is because teachers use them. Uh, and t- teachers have been tr- uh, trained. Teachers' colleges have been taken over by the left. Uh, there have been papers written about this. Uh, you know, critical race theory uh, 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 curriculum are rife in, teachers, uh, in, in, in colleges of teachers' ed. Um, the, 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 the text that is used most by teachers' colleges is, is Paulo Freire's uh, Pedagogy of the Oppressed. So that is, yes, what's happening in our schools is, is, is worrisome, and this is not going to get any better now with, uh, with this Netflix series. I, w- I, I hope that there is a rush of demand for the, the 1776 report, which we'll, we will gladly share with people across the country. In fact, I, I want to travel across the country and go to Capitol and meet with governors, uh, and, I, and I think other commissioners do as well. Uh, take me with you if you want. I, I'm happy to go. I've, I've had uh, my hand in some work on American history curriculum. But let's, let's call it for what it is. You do so in your book, The Plot to Change America, How Identity Politics is deli- Dividing the Land of the Free. Because what I see here from Kendi, and I have to tell you, this nominee for Assistant Attorney General for Civil Rights and the new ethic that we're going to see, I think, in this administration uh, more ubiquitously um, is what you boldly call in your book in a chapter, Marxism by Any Other Name. I think what we have done here in this country is simply replaced the class war with the race, the Marxist concept of class war with race. I really do, which is something that doesn't have a very good pedigree, especially on a day like today, also known as Holocaust Memorial Day. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot for for remembering that, actually. Uh, It's a very important day. Um, No, you're right. And this this goes back to the, you know, our our Black Black Lives Matter leaders and Angela Davis and everybody else are following the, the bad example of dead white men, in, in this case, Antonio Gramsci, the, the founder of the Italian Communist Party, who was the first one who noticed that the working class was not going to lead revolution because the working class wanted to stop being working class. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, really, really wanted to become middle class. Mm-hmm. And, and they wanted to join the system, and they, don't, they didn't want that. They didn't want anybody to join the system. They wanted to destroy the system, uh, which is, you know, why I call my book The Plot to Change America. Right. As I always say, there are no no meetings on Saturday nights in in, in in Berkeley, in a library in Berkeley, California, or, or a basement in Madison, Wisconsin. It's just that all of this is done for, with the purpose of transforming America. Mm-hmm. This is what this is what the project is, Seth. The other word we're going to get used to, aside from equity, and I think it all started really over the last two years, but it accelerated heavily last year. The other word we're getting used to, I think, is systemic. Yesterday in um, Joe Biden's remarks signing 
an executive order on racial equality, you do these word counts. You, you did it earlier before in your commission. I counted systemic, uh, systemic uh, six times in his in his uh, brief remarks on racial equity that uh, we have to uh, obviously not just address but redress systemic racism in America. Where is the systemic racism in America, Mike? How how do you see systemic racism in America? Well, listen, um, I hope Joe Biden is just reading words uh, that somebody else has written. The people who constantly say so, that we're institutionally, structurally, and systemically racist have a purpose in mind. The people who actually do, who actually use these words with purpose, not because they're reading somebody, a, a speechwriter's words, they want to change. If you believe that we're structurally, systemically, and institutionally racist, then the only logical conclusion is you need to change the structures, the institutions, and the system. The, the system, system is right. A, the system has to, right, right, right. right. The, the system is a word for the way everything works, right? right? Uh, so, so, so they want to change that. And again, Garza and, and Patrice Coulors, the founders of Black Lives Matter, I'm, I'm writing a lot extensively on this, they don't hide the fact that they want to change America. They want to completely dismantle the way this country is organized, get rid of capitalism. Even Scandi hates capitalism. Robin DiAngelo hates capitalism. They think capitalism is racist, and that is false and a libel. Capitalism is completely colorblind. If you, if you can produce and you can be better, if you can run faster, you're going to be rewarded. Uh, so to, it is, it, 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 it's, it's false. All of it is false, as is the idea that his, and this is, goes back to my commission. Um, the history is not actually a, a compilation of things that actually happened. You know that there was a battle, right, right, right. In, no, in, I read in, it. Yeah, in right. Lexington and Concord. Right. Right. Uh, that there was that men met men met, met in, in Philadelphia in '87 to frame a constitution. These are facts. No, to them, because they're Nietzschean and, and, and nihilist. They believe this is just merely a narrative, yeah, Seth. Yeah. A, a, a narrative, not facts, a narrative, the, the narrative of the oppressor, and it needs to be replaced by the counter-narrative of the marginalized. Mm-hmm. And and that is, at bottom, relativistic and nihilistic. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination, right? That's 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 right. that's the point here. I have... Well, I mean, he, he actually yep. he calls for it. Yes. He calls for discrimination. Oh, sure. He's fine with it. Well, it's a it's an awfully far cry from what we thought we could really latch on to and seize on to, which was something that could unify this country, which was getting past all of that by redounding to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, the things that people like Frederick Douglass and Martin Luther King actually called magnificent and got celebrated exactly. for calling magnificent. It's too bad that we are disuniting America in the name of uniting some other theory. But Mike Gonzalez, your work is just great on this. And uh, I'm going to ask you to stay close over the next four years because we're going to need you, brother. Anytime, Seth. Just call anytime. Set it delight up. speaking with you. Mike Gonzalez, thank you very much. The plot to change thank America. You. I'm Seth Liebson. 602-508-0960. The lines are open. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Is that the Larry Elder uh, theme song? It should be. Um, no, it isn't. It's from the show with, uh, uh, who was it? McLean Stevenson. Hello, Larry. 1980. He was a talk show host, 
little too close for comfort to invoke another name of a talk show, if I might. The talk, the character he played was Larry Alder. I'm on to something here. I, I am on to something. Someone needs to call Larry Alder and tell him we're on to him. His name was, yeah, based on the McLean Stevenson character in Hello, Larry. Portland is a long way from L.A. Larry Elder, though, I think is from the Midwest. Where did he pra- – he practiced law at a big firm out. Was it in Chicago? I'm trying to remember. I think it was big, big, big firm out in Chicago or somewhere out there. I think it was. Anyway, um, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine and um, the discussion was about how fast and ubiquitous this race stuff is coming at us. I told you yesterday about a curriculum being adopted in Iowa beginning next month, actually beginning in about four days. That is a, has a coloring book on Black Lives Matter instructing kindergartners on issues like transgenderism. It's an awfully young age to introduce children to that kind of concept. Awfully young age. And I have no idea what it has to do, transgenderism, with supporting black lives. Except that when you go to the Black Lives Matter movement's 13 principles and you see the disruption of the traditional family, which is still on there and part of the Iowa now curriculum. It's on the Iowa curriculum website. It's on the Iowa superintendent's website. The disruption of the family, of the traditional family. You think, what are we doing to our children? You think, what are we doing to the people in this country? I don't care what color you are, white or otherwise, who have found via study after study after study, primarily from the Brookings Institution and ever outwards, centrifugally outwards from there, that the two-parent family is about the best Department of Health education and welfare stricken off by the mind of the human being. You want to increase rates of welfare. You want to increase rates of imprisonment and incarceration. You want to increase rates of substance, alcohol and drug abuse or use. You want to increase rates of poverty. You deprive a child of a two-parent family. Why, in the name of everything that is good and decent and holy... A civil rights or quote-unquote civil rights organization would want to dedicate one of its few principles to disrupting that as if it needs disruption. As if it needs disruption. 70% out of wedlock birth rate in black community in America. As if it needs more help being disrupted. Made me think of that old line that Dennis Prager has used on the issue of people being born good or not, you know, how they have to be. People have to be instructed in how to be good, he says, and philosophy and religion teaches, right? Right, Bill? You have to be instructed on how to be good. We're not born good. How do you know that? A lot of ways. Dennis Prager says you go to a self-help section of a bookstore, there's no books on how to be a worse person. 
You don't need help on being a bad person in this country. You don't need help in our curriculum on how to disrupt our family further. You don't need to help that problem along. That problem's doing just fine. So now then comes Ibrahim Kendi and Netflix creating a documentary called Anti-Racist Baby for Toddlers. And it has nine goals, nine steps aimed at toddlers. Shout, there's nothing wrong with people. Point at policies as the problem, not people. Confess when being racist. What toddler understands that? Or should? I have a lot more to say about that when we come back. 602-508-0960. The damage we are doing to... If adults would just protect children by being adults, it's not that hard. But... Nope, we have a revolution to engage in here. I was talking to a friend about how fast and ubiquitous this is coming and how out of step either I am or they are and who's going to win because one of us is really, really wrong. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. My producer Bill has been firing on all pins. I noticed it from the moment I uh, uh, walked in today. Um, he was just picking up on everything I was putting down, you know. And I asked him if he had done anything differently today, if he had eaten anything differently, because not to be offensive, Bill, but last two days you weren't operating on the pins that you were operating today and you said nothing and then I drilled a little deeper because you know I I'm not one to let things go yeah like a pit bull on a jugular I um yeah mate was it too violent my dog by the way you hear that ad about the dog that thinks that adults are outsmarting him by hiding toys when they're not because they always put... Dagny hides her toys for me all the time. And she has this game when I walk in the house, she wants to bring me a toy. She outsmarts herself. She can't often find them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all hands on deck to find Dagny's toys every night. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and to, to, to a nihilistic place because she's outsmarted herself. Oh, there's no toy to bring me because I hid them. Yeah, it's a whole thing, a vicious cycle. Um, it turns out you did do something differently. You did a sprint this morning. You hadn't run in a couple of days, right? A patented street sprint since my tr- a local community college track is closed forever. Because of COVID? Of course. It wouldn't want people running outdoors by themselves. Really sad. Really sad. Equally sad is what we're doing to our children, what I was talking about. So Abraham Kendi has a, um, has a series with Netflix aimed at toddlers and teaching them about racism. Toddlers. Toddlers. Where one of, the, uh, one of the principles is to confess when being racist. That's principle seven that we're teaching toddlers. As if they even know what that means. It may be simpler than principle six. Knock down the stack of cultural blocks. Eight, grow to be an anti-racist. 
toddlers. I have talked before about what we're doing. I talked yesterday about what the curriculum in Iowa is for Black Lives Matter and transgenderism for kindergartners and a coloring book dedicated to that. Teen Vogue we've talked about with their articles praising Vladimir Lenin and celebrating the birth of communism. Um, The Cartoon Network we've talked about partnering with the National Black Justice Coalition to help instruct children. Children, not on matters of race that you would expect from the National Black Justice Coalition, not on race, but on gender. I was going to say sexuality, which would be bad enough, but no, gender. In fact, the Cartoon Network tweeted, they have a million followers on Twitter, by the way, quote, here's to not only normalizing gender pronouns, but respecting them too. Whether you use he, she, them, or something else, we acknowledge and love you. Cartoon Network Children. I guess that's a younger audience than Teen Vogue. Teens don't watch cartoons. Not really. Not really. Not the kind we're talking about. The Cartoon Network links to a gender justice toolkit. And when you open that up, it takes you to a quote from Malcolm X. As I've pointed out before, Malcolm X may represent many things. But as a devotee of fundamentalist Islam, supporting lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender lifestyles was not one of them. In fact, the nation of Islam is identified by everyone from the ADL to the Southern Poverty Law Center as one of the most anti-LGBTQ organizations in the country. The conflation of all these things that lead into such nonsense and non-meaning doesn't matter. There There doesn't have to be coherence. You can be a black organization dedicated to civil rights while teaching transgenderism and quoting Malcolm X, even though Malcolm X didn't believe in transgenderism and the civil rights of gender. Because the cause. Because the cause. The essence of the problem is not all that misdirection. The essence of the problem is that we're instructing our children in a moral education the opposite the opposite of teaching children everything we used to want to teach them. Health, beauty, things beautiful. There's only one sociologist I really quote, maybe two. Philip Reisman is the second one, and it's Neil Postman. And he writes and talks a lot about this in probably his most important book. A lot of people know his book, Amusing Ourselves to Death. That's not his most important one. The more important one is The Disappearance of Childhood. Because I think that, along with getting rid of our history, is the fundamental issue of our day going forward. The left is represented by what Allen Ginsberg once told Norman Port Horitz, we will get you through your children. Weren't satisfied with colleges and universities. They moved into elementary and secondary, and now we are looking at kindergarten 
which I guess is elementary. But now we, too, with Netflix, are going to toddlers, pre-K. The effort is to get us through our children. Is it working? I don't know. I want to circle back to what Neil Postman wrote about the importance of preserving childhood. But it also has something to do with what I was wondering about going into the break in my conversation with my friend earlier this afternoon. How out of step is this country with me or me, them? This point of view that I have, that children shouldn't be taught this, and that we aren't a systemically racist country. And even if you want to believe the one, maybe leave the toddlers out of it. And even if we believe in transgenderism, maybe leave the kindergartners out of it. And even if we believe in dissolving the two-parent family, maybe leave the first graders out of it. The ubiquitousness, the domination of this theory and how important it is evidently to, I will use the word, propagandize and brainwash our children, our youngest of our young, through a public school system. And that people think it's okay. How much longer can people who think the way I do think the way I do and say the things I can or do say? Are we in trouble? Are any of you who think like me, do you think like me? Am I right and they're wrong? Or are they right and I'm wrong? And It's an increasingly important question. Because people are being canceled for holding the views I hold. Now, it won't happen on this radio network, I guarantee you that, and that's a beautiful thing in and of itself, so I don't want to overstate that case. But what about people who don't have, as one caller once said, I'm a unicorn, I have the protection of Salem. What about people that don't work for Salem Communications? I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Well, before I get into what I was going to get into, I see my most favorite person I've never met is on the line, Tina in Star Valley. (laughs) Hi, Tina in Star Valley. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, and boy, is it snowy up here. (laughs) Is it snowy in Star Valley? I would think it was starry. Well, it was starry last night, but I'll tell you, we got hit with, uh, oh, 10, 12 inches, um, yeah, my, my, my little chow who has short legs, she didn't want to go out. We had to dig a little trench for her. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's really beautiful, though. I bet it is. <clears throat> I bet it is. Yeah. So uh, so I, I, have a, I have a take on Bernie. I mean, I'm sorry, Bernie. Uh, boy, there's a Freudian slip. It wouldn't be um, any different. On, uh, it would not be any different. <laughs> I know. <laughs> on on uh, Sleepy Joe. Yeah, it would not be any different order. of a presidency, not at this rate. Not at this rate, no. Um, you know, there's there, there are people on Facebook and online who are outraged. You know, he said that uh, governing by executive orders is a, is the sign of a dictator. Right, 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 right. Dude, he's demented. My mother had dementia. The man does not know what he's signing. As a, I have a very, very wicked, waggish friend who said he thinks he's at Barnes & Noble. And he's signing, you know, smiling and signing because, you know, what the heck? They tell me to sign, I sign. And I don't, he doesn't When know he talked the, about saving 300 Americans <laughs> twice yesterday, I was, you know, I, 
I mean, there's yeah. no point yeah. at which anyone's going to, other than callers to these kinds of shows, are going to point this out. But twice yesterday he talked about saving 300 Americans. Yeah, and he, you know, <clears throat> he is truly our first puppet president. Maybe the last days of Woodrow Wilson. True, true that yes, and I I, I'll go back to in our lifetime. Yeah, yes, in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to mention because I'm so glad you're you're talking, and it's very disturbing about this um, this this propagandizing of the young. Um, There's a wonderful movie that not enough people have seen. I'm sure it's 1962 with William Holden and. Lily Palmer called the Counterfeit Trader. Oh, I'll watch it tonight. Oh my goodness, that is just an amazing movie. I was looking for movie. something to and do tonight. Well, there you are, and uh, and it it truly um, there's a scene where there's this little boy who is a part of the Hit, the Hitler Jugend, you know, the Hitler Youth, yeah. and he is is ratting on his parents and ratting on you know anybody he can. Because that's what kids will do to please. Yeah, of course. And this little this little kid says, "Oh, will they take away my uniform?" You know, it's these are the little. This is where they're at. All right, this these is I got to watch it tonight. Well, I this was my short segment, and I've got an interview. Feel free if you want to call back because yeah. uh, later in the show, I'm happy to do it or tomorrow. Either way, I'd love to hear from you again today, okay. though, if you want, Tina. Groovy, much aloha. Much aloha. <laughs> oh, by the way, I love how you called me, dude. <laughs> More of that. I love that. How did you, dude? I love that. Dude. No one has ever called dude? me dude before. I loved that. You're the dude, man. Yeah, I, I, I am the. I'm the dude. What's that line? I'm the dude. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love you too, Tina. We'll be right back with John Cribb.